It is in the name of Jesus Christ that I welcome you to worship on this cloudy turn Sunday morning in June. If you are a father, we wish you a happy Father's Day. Will Willimon, Methodist Bishop and Dean of the Duke University Chapel, once said these words, To be a Christian means gradually, Sunday after Sunday, to be subsumed into another story, a different account of where we have come from and where we are going, a story that is called gospel. You are properly called a Christian, he says, when it's obvious that the story told in Scripture is your story. Your story above all other stories that the world tries to impose upon you. And that the God who is rendered in scripture is the God who has got you. Coming out of Pentecost a few weeks ago, we have explored together the work of the Holy Spirit. And how this spirit leads us forward into the gospel story. God's story found in scripture which becomes our story. And so we welcome you this Sunday morning where the Spirit will lead you into God's story, a different account of where you have come from and where we are going. I have a few brief announcements to share about the life of our congregation. There will be another opportunity to donate snacks for New City Kids Summer Programming, tomorrow morning, Monday, from 10 a.m. till noon, members of the Outreach and Youth Committees will be under the portico to safely accept your donations. For suggestions of what to donate, please go to the homepage of our website. The FFJ Christian Education Team has begun their summer program, Mayflower Rocks. Throughout each week, daily videos will be offered on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. They will teach families about the different ways God uses rocks to remind us of divine strength and faithfulness. Please visit our rock garden out in our front lawn where you can stop to pray, leave, or pick up a rock. If you received our Friday email, I now invite you to locate our worship bulletin or visit our homepage on our website to download it so you can follow along with our order of service. Our call to worship this morning is an adaptation of the hymn, Lift Every Voice. It was created by the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America for their Juneteenth worship resources. This hymn is referred to as the National Anthem for African Americans and is recognized for its power in voicing a cry for liberation and affirmation. It is a prayer of thanksgiving for faithfulness and freedom. It evokes imagery from the biblical story from Exodus, from slavery to the freedom of a promised land. Celebration rises up from the deep places, finding voice in the light and air no longer denied. Lift every voice and sing, sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Celebration rises. Remembering the way we have come, the paths taken that have brought us here now, to this place, to this time of celebration. Lift every voice and sing till, sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmonies of liberty. Celebration rises, embracing the real and abiding presence of God who breaks our chains, sets us free for freedom in power and love and joy. Come, 
Let our celebrations rise up. Let us worship God together. In Paul's letter to the church in Rome, he appeals to them to dedicate their bodies, all that they are, to God. This, he claimed, would be their spiritual, their true worship. So let us bring our whole selves, all that we are, before God. Let us pray. Loving God, who took the form of a body to become one of us, we surrender our bodies to you. Make it your home. Let it be your temple. As you dwell within us, transform our hearts that we may love generously. Transform our eyes that we may see your grace. Transform our hands, that we may serve others. Transform our spirits, that we may be the body of Christ gathered to worship and sent out to serve. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Was it 
The first reading lesson comes from Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The second reading comes from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 36, verses 26 to 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees And be careful to keep my laws. Our final reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you guess the minimum amount of time we need to to exercise in order to improve our health? Would you guess perhaps 45 minutes of exercise a day, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, maybe 3 minutes? Which is, if we think about it, a pertinent and intriguing question in this age of of pandemic. As many now work from home and are perhaps more sedentary than than usual, or or maybe just aren't as physically active as they might have been before the stay-at-home guidelines. And even before COVID in our country, we weren't necessarily 
doing very well regarding our health. Health and Human Services of the United States reports how 28% of Americans aged 6 and older are physically inactive. Nearly 80 million U.S. adults, about 28% of our country, 1 in 4, are obese. Only 1 in 3 children are physically active every day, but on average spend about seven and a half hours on a screen. Can you guess the the minimum amount of time we need to exercise in order to improve our health? In the month of June, our series, our sermon series, the theme is is full sails on, on how the Holy Spirit can lead us forward which is inspired by the day of Pentecost that occurred three Sundays ago. Pentecost is the day when we remember how the Spirit appeared in the midst of the disciples after Jesus ascended to heaven, and the church became empowered to go and to tell the story of Jesus, the good news, the gospel. This month we are reflecting on how exactly the the Spirit works in our lives. We began our series by considering the the very first words of the Bible. And we're reminded the Spirit was present at the the beginning of creation. As Genesis chapter 1 reads, In the beginning God created the, the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And we noted how the word for spirit here is is ruah, which is feminine, and also means breath. Last Sunday, Lynn connected how the the book of Isaiah foretold that the spirit would come in one day and rest upon a Messiah, manifesting itself as wisdom and, and understanding, counsel and might. And as the years passed, a Messiah did appear. In the person of Jesus who said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This morning we turn to the third element of the work of the spirit and how the Bible teaches. The spirit also lives in us. Or as Paul in his letter to the church in Corinth that Lynn just read put it, our body is a temple of that spirit of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean exactly? Bill Bryson is one of my favorite authors, and in his new book on how our body functions, he observes how, quietly and rhythmically, awake or asleep, every day we breathe in and out about 20,000 times, processing 4,000 gallons of air, Over our lifetime, we will breathe approximately 550 million times. And every time we breathe, we exhale 2.5 sectillion millions of oxygen. So many that with a day's breathing, you and I will likely inhale at least one molecule from the breaths of every person Whoever lived. Author Barbara Brown Taylor adds that all the air in our atmosphere is all the air we have and ever had. It just circulates over and over again. What this means is, as human beings, we, we breathe in brontosaurus breath. Air that that circulated through the rainforests of Kenya. Every time we breathe, we take in what was once a, a, a baby's first breath or some dying person's last breath. We use it to live. And when we breathe out, it carries some of us with it into the next person. I wonder, have you ever thought about your breath, paid attention to how 
Your breath fills your lungs. Did you know when you breathe, oxygen enters your lungs and then your lungs add oxygen to the blood and in our body, which powers everything, our mind, our muscles, our heart, and as waste is produced, carbon dioxide, your, your lungs exhale it. Reading about the wonder of 550 million breaths and brontosaurus breaths and how a baby's first breath all enter my body. This week I reflected on how for the past four months, taking a breath, being aware and even fearful of what might be floating in the air we breathe, I realize it's become a concern. By now, most of us know someone who has struggled with COVID. I know more than a few of you know someone who has died because of COVID. And likely you've read the reports, as journalist Alan Burdick writes, of the trillions of viruses. Only 250, including COVID, infect us. And although as viruses go, COVID is big, it's about twice as big as the the average flu virus. It's still tiny, barely one thousandth the width of a human hair. And as COVID replicates in us, it it, it seeks out our lungs and infects and inflames evoli, which gathers oxygen in our lungs. And so our lungs become, as Burdick writes, more like a a gummy marshmallow than airy froth. And that's what makes us sick. And perhaps one of the most beloved passages in the Bible that Lynn just read, the psalmist wrote these words. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. But here's this, the thing, isn't it? While it might be true that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, there are clearly elements of our world and creation that, that do our bodies harm. Every family that has experienced cancer knows this to be true. Every person who has a part of their body falter knows this to be true. Whether it is a migraine that that drops you in a bed for an entire day, arthritis that makes you wince in pain, a a knee that that buckles, a a hip that wears out and, and causes you to limp, while we all might be designed in, in God's image, that body, our body, can over time, and suddenly, even in the case of COVID, falter and fail. And, and how do we, as people of faith, make sense of, of this paradox? I use the analogy of Star Wars, suggests Dr. Anthony Fair, a, a doctor at Kansas University, quoted in the article by Alan Burdick. The virus is the dark side. But we have cellular defense systems of hundreds of antiviral proteins in our body. These are our Jedi Knights, he says, and they defend us. In other words, created in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made, we are no way defenseless. But it is also true there exists in our world, a dark side that does our body harm. And so what can we do, in particular, as people of faith? Of all the persons of the Trinity, I suppose the Holy Spirit is the hardest to define, observes Barbara Brown Taylor. Most of us can describe the other two. God, the creator of of heaven and earth. God, the son who was human like us. But even Jesus had a hard time describing the spirit. 
It blows where it chooses, he said in John's Gospel. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. To stay with Dr. Fair's allusion to Star Wars, I wonder if it's helpful to think of the Holy Spirit along the lines of the fork. Mentioned in that science fiction series, a a force in our world that guides and informs and protects against the dark side. In other words, yes, the the spirit can't be controlled, as Jesus taught. It, it, It moves where it will, but perhaps we can seek to have it fill us. We can breathe it in so to speak, so that we can move forward in our lives in sync with and alongside the Spirit. For God declares in our reading from Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to keep my law. This week I thought perhaps that's why one of, the, one of the earliest and most repeated prayers in the Christian faith is this. Come, Holy Spirit. So what do you think is the absolute minimum amount of time we need to exercise so our bodies will benefit from that exertion. Did you come up with a number, I guess, 45 minutes, 30, 10, or 3? Journalist Gretchen Reynolds notes how recently scientists recruited eight young men and women and asked them to spend a, a, a full day at a lab, seated, rising only to eat and to go to the bathroom. The next morning, the volunteers returned to the lab for a second day, which included, among other things, a a high-fat breakfast of, of melted ice cream. While the scientists monitored their bodies for metabolic responses for the next six hours. On the third day, the volunteers came back and sat again, except this time, for a few seconds every hour, these young men and women were asked to climb on a stationary bicycle and pedal as hard as possible for four seconds and then to stop pedaling. In total, that third day, they exercised for only 160 seconds. But the results were notable. When they returned the fourth day to be tested, they had lower blood levels of triglycerides to start with, and they burned more fat during the next six hours so that the triglycerides remained about 30% lower throughout the six hours than on the morning after they sat nonstop. In other words, writes Reynolds, the study suggests breaking up our sitting with, with frequent and intense and extremely abbreviated times of exercise of of only four seconds, can undo the adverse effects of being sedentary. Yes, in our world in creation, there is a dark side. We all know that. We all know now there are viruses that can do us harm. But what we can do as a people of faith, as Paul reminds, is to realize your body and my body is not an accident. It's not meant to break down too quickly. In fact, as Paul taught, we are to think of our body as a temple in which the spirit can reside, meaning we're supposed to honor it and to exercise it and to take care of it. So what would happen, I wonder, if you and I set aside 
four seconds every hour to sprint back and forth across the room, to, to walk fast through the kitchen, to do jumping jacks in our bedroom, and during that time, choose not to let our mind wander necessarily, but instead to pray that ancient Christian prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. What might happen if for four seconds every hour we choose to be active and we pray, Come, Holy Spirit. Because yes, the Spirit can't be controlled. It moves where it will. But this summer, may we all, I pray, seek to have it fill us. To, to breathe in the breath of God. So we can move forward in sync with the Spirit. For as God declares, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to keep my laws. In the name of God, our creator, Jesus, our redeemer, and the spirit, our sustainer. Amen. God Hath Led His People On is a song written by Felix Mendelssohn, published after his death. In it, we are assured that during this time of unknowing, God is leading us. Before we arrive at the offertory time, I want to share with you how excited I am about what we're calling Symphony Sundays in the Summer. And we have specifically uh, Marcelo Leninger, he's the music director of the Grand Rapids Symphony, coming to Mayflower to play our Steinway at the end of August. So the last Sunday in August, he will be with us on a Sunday morning. In addition to that, we have Alicia Eppinga, who is the principal cellist of the symphony, here on July 12th and Linda Nelson, who is a violinist with the symphony here on August 9th. So we have a very exciting summer planned with lots of music, and I encourage you to watch for the emails and for further news in the next few weeks. Jesus invites us to take upon ourselves his yoke of obedience. He says, my yoke is easy, the burden is light. But Will Willimon asks, when is a burden light? It is, he responds, when we find our burdensome lives caught up. Elevated by something greater than our own lives. In other words, he says, mission gives meaning. Jesus does not come to us to relieve us of all yokes and burdens. Rather, he comes offering to us a yoke worth wearing, a burden worth bearing. It is a great gift not to have to make a meaning of your life, but to have your life given significance by the Lord, whose cross, when taken up, takes us up as well. In response to this great gift, let us give to a mission that shapes our lives with meaning and purpose. If you are following the online bulletin, please know you can click on the link to give offering. You can also give online at our homepage on the website where you will find a donate button. If you would prefer, we have a mailbox under the portico where you can either drop off an envelope or simply put it in the mail. 
We also offer the opportunity to give via text. Please check our worship bulletin in our email or the home page on our website for details. So as we await that day when once again the ushers will wait upon us for our offering, this morning in our online world, your church asks for your help and your support as we seek to be the body of Christ in this hurting world, loving our neighbor, serving those in need, and feeding the hungry. We are grateful for your generosity. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty and merciful God, you have called us into the world, into its needs, its suffering, its injustice, and its pain. Not to be claimed by the world, but as those claimed by you, to be agents of change and transformation and healing. So use us, not only these dollars we offer, 
but use us. Use our hands, use our feet, use our voices, use our hearts to shape the world for which you long. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. of the people this morning are borrowed from words created by the author and pastor Eugene Peterson, contemporary hymn writer Marty Haugen, and president of Denver Seminary, Mark Young. In the words of Eugene Peterson, prayer is a subversive activity that involves more or less an open act of defiance. For prayer ultimately invites change. And a changed world begins with us, and a changed us begins in prayer. So come. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have always lived in a world when a moment could change everything. For so long, we were able to deny it or simply trick ourselves into thinking otherwise. But the truth that we live in a world we cannot control seems more immediate, undeniable in these days. Our lives can be altered irreversibly by a microscopic virus and a stranger's cough, by a gunshot and a murder across the country, by a riot and hateful words exchanged. And so we pray, come, Holy Spirit, shepherd us. O Lord, guide us by your spirit beyond the wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. Loving and just God, we have blinded our eyes, hardened our hearts, and silenced our tongues. In spite of the clear evidence of deeply embedded racism all around us, we have found it easier to look away, to avoid the uncomfortable topic, and to not enter a difficult discussion. But too many have died. Too many have suffered indignities and injustices, and we have cared not enough. We have grieved too little. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit. Shepherd us, O Lord, guide us by your Spirit beyond our wants beyond our fears, from death into life. Caring God, 
Some of us are exhausted. Some of us have been sick. Some of us have cared for others who seem to fight endless battles. The world is changing and shifting so quickly, demanding that we let go of what we once knew and open ourselves to new ways. We long for a familiar, for a firm foundation. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, shepherd us, O Lord, guide us by your spirit. Guide us beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. Guiding and nudging God. Some of us are walking through valleys. We need to know you are at our side so we will not feel so alone. Some of us need to be prodded in the right direction. So we do not settle for the easier, more comfortable path. And others need to be reined in so we do not act on our assumptions, our impulses. And so we pray, come, Holy Spirit, shepherd us, O Lord, guide us by your spirit beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. Prodigal and nurturing God, some of us are starving. We need to be fed. The anger we have let fester in our hearts has depleted us. The hatred we have harbored leaves us with carved out hearts. The envy we project onto others has polluted our imaginations. Feed us with your grace so that we may know and trust your abundant provisions. And hear us as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Shepherd us and guide us by your spirit beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. Creative and merciful God, some of us have seen and tasted your goodness. Some of us have known your presence and your guidance in these uncertain days. Give us the song that we might sing your praise. Give us the encounter that we might share your peace. Give us the words that we might say thank you. 
We give thanks today, especially for our fathers. For those who raised us, the men who nurtured us, the men who taught us how to ride a bike, throw a ball, drive a car. The men who taught us how to love you and to love one another. Give us the words so we might say thank you. And hear us as we pray, come Holy Spirit. Shepherd us, O Lord, guide us by your Spirit beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life. prayers arise unto you, O Spirit of the Lord, draw near, dwell within our hearts, we pray. O Lord, our prayers arise unto you, come, Holy Spirit. Shepherd us, O Lord, guide us by your Spirit beyond our wants, beyond our fears, from death into life, dwell within our hearts, we And now, O God, hear us as we pray together the words your Son taught us, words to shape our hopes and our intentions, words to form our inclinations, our desires, words to order our resources and the stewardship of our days. Hear us as we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
what might happen if for four seconds every hour we chose to be active and during that time prayed, come Holy Spirit. Because yes, the Spirit can't be controlled. It it moves where it will. But this summer, may we all, I pray, seek to have it fill us, to breathe in the breath of God, so we can move forward in sync with the Spirit. For as God declares, I will give you a new heart and put a new Spirit in you, I will put my Spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to keep my law. And now as you go out into this day, know the steadfast love of God surrounds you. The peace of Christ attends you. And the Spirit will guide you this day and forevermore. Amen.